CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Guys, it's, it's, uh, I gotta say, it's, it's fun that uh, we get together to record at 10 in the morning. Um, first definitely, thing. First thing, definitely my best and I brightest. Feel fresh. I feel like we, we like all got here at the same time today. Everybody was like really, nobody was late. No. Nope. We're really getting the swing of this thing. We're getting the swing of this thing. And I have to say, like, clearly, we are a little bit out of the server game. The fact that we can get together and do a podcast at 10 in the morning. 10 years ago? No. Wouldn't have been able to do What's that. What's a podcast? Is what, but my <laughs> well, first I'll, question would have been. <laughs> oh, what now? Are you from That's, the future? Get out of here, future alien. Welcome to Side Work, everybody. Ooh, 10, 10 in the morning here uh, in beautiful Los Angeles. I'm Brooke Van Poplin. Jocelyn Hughes. Kyle Jude Williams. I'm Andrea Wallace. I'll be your server. Yes. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Have you been here before? So, Kyle, what happened this week? You you had a oh, catering gosh. job? Yes. I, I worked a catering event, and it was for an undisclosed location in Beverly Hills, um, where it was basically like an elite shopping spree for rich women. Cool. Um, and like a competition? No, it was just like, it was like a, like, you know, when you'd have a holiday market at school where you'd get like, you know, $3 oh, and you buy ornaments mm-hmm. made out of pipe, pipe cleaners. Yeah. But this was like, you know, $800 cashmere sweaters. <gasps> what a steal. I know. Right. And like, basically like diamonds and this one woman <laughs> had an emerald that i'm sure could basically feed a whole entire city just resting upon her like you know bony little finger but um they everybody kept talking about the fact that there was edible dirt at the party which mm. is just like how how little do you have left to sort of like pillage when you're like you know what oh my god <laughs> we should eat dirt Oh my god! Let's pretend we're poor. Let's pretend. But the dirt is actually made out of like. Let's pretend caviar. we have to like go out yeah. to our garden and like pick vegetables and like that we just don't have running water, so we clean clean the dirt off of it, so we just eat the dirty vegetables. Oh my god! Let's let's role play Dust Bowl era, uh-huh. everybody. Oh Wait, gosh. what was the dirt made out of? I something like coffee grounds and like different sort of. <gasps> I know, and it was just it was sitting in like little cheap sort of trays that you get at you know like Home Depot that you have little individual flowers so you can in. Throw them right oh. in the trash. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then they had vegetables sticking out of it. But this one woman came over and I watched her eat a carrot, <laughs> and she started choking. 
looked at her friend and her friend was like, oh my God, Susan, are you okay? And she just goes, no water. And then because I am a spite, spiteful creature, I go, uh, sparkling or still? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but actually you, I mean, you yeah. probably would have been fired if you didn't Yeah, exactly. So, and then she job. just she just said now and pointed at, wow. a, um, at water and I gave it to her and then she literally keeled over and hawked up half of a dirty <laughs> carrot. carrot nubbin. And then all of her friends rushed over as if like, oh my God, the carrot could have killed her. And we're like, Susan, are you okay? Do we need to call somebody? Are you going to be okay? And she just goes, I'm sure I would have been fine. She would have known what to do and like pointed to me. The and poor. she was like, the poor would have yeah, known what to do. Exactly. She's like, I'm sure she's trained in the Heimlich. And as, as if I wasn't standing there, and she's, and they were like, "What would you would have done to save her?" You're like, and I said, "I don't know. I just pour wine. I, I'm a wine." Yeah, pour. they're so bored though. They need it. They I need know. the content. They need the hashtag content. That's all. Their but lives they are sort empty. Of like, they did this grand gesture, but also they need to like constantly be fed a little bit of power. So like, what would you do, young woman? You, what would you do, poor person? I hear poor people are always choking. Yeah. <laughs> like, always like, choking. What would you do? And then it's like, and you go into your fantasy, and like she dies, and you just like step over her dead body and like steal some of these sports car and drive off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunset. Oh Wait, god, you could, you could bury her in edible dirt. Let's hide the body in edible dirt. <laughs> like, yeah, people are like you're burying her, and then people like throw a little bit on the casket and then eat a little bit. Like, um, I went to a catered event recently too, and I gotta say, food waste is real oh, this it's... time of year. And it's all like the people who work at it just scrambling to sort of like hide behind a quarter and stuff like a little like you know egg roll in your in your a mouth, canapé. just being like, I'm so hungry, I'm so hungry. just so sweet. And then, oh god, they're just so mean to people at catering. I was events. nice to everybody. I really got into a groove. Do you guys do this too with the past app? You have to just cut them off. At the kitchen entrance. Oh yeah. You oh yeah. You got. Oh yeah. It'd <laughs> be like a tray you haven't gotten yet, so uh, you just have to like intercept. Jasmine basically like tackled some dude for the last mini lobster roll that was on a platter Good being girl. passed around. It was. Pretty I support great. it. And the guy was like, "No, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, you take it. Yeah, like." So, whoa. Like, oh, are you sure? When she was like, yeah, back the fuck off. He's, <laughs> he's in a headlock. Are you sure? Yeah. Well, there's two things with the tray that people might not be aware of. So when you're doing a catering event, at least the ones I've worked. You either have to, you have a set number of trays you have to pass out, and then you're done with the trays. You're done with the past. Or you're just on tray duty all night. So it's like hang out as long as you can with that single lobster roll and dodge all the people so you don't have to get another one. (laughs) Or get rid of these as fast as you can so you can get over the past app section. That makes sense because you guys, we've all been places where there's like past canaps and you're just like, wait, wait. And then, like, I'll your, straight up tell their person. Cater, your server, like, kind of just scoots away. I will say, I am hungry. Please bring me all the food. Well, and there's the if you have a tray full of something that people don't want, but you can't oh, go bad. back to the kitchen like vegetables with and them dirt. with like vegetables and dirt. <laughs> like, and like, can nobody, I take two? I'm like, yeah, take them all. Yeah, you have to like <laughs> literally walk around with like one sad little like disgusting crab cake on your um, platter for as long as possible until somebody takes that poor orphan crab cake. Do you guys get in this thing too? Like, uh, I, like I can't register um, where my hunger's at with tiny food. 
Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Like, like I, I think one time on New Year's Eve, like at your place, uh, you had a bunch of mini pigs in a blanket. Mm-hmm. I think I ate 70. <laughs> like, now, if they were normal-sized hot dogs, I'm usually good for two whole regular-sized hot dogs. If you put all of those together, I ate, <laughs> I ate like 10... Ten hot dogs this in a night. I'm the girl that's like, I'm just gonna get a bunch of Totino's pizza rolls. Oh yeah, that's or the best idea. Ape shit yeah. for them. Yeah. My whole wedding, which was canceled, I'm not married, was going to be tiny food. I love. <laughs> we had tiny deviled eggs. It was oh, amazing. Like, were, were they, they quail are they quails? Eggs? Yes. Yeah. Oh my. They were. God. I have a picture quails of it. Be working it's overtime. like an inch long deviled egg. It's the cutest thing you've ever seen. But yeah, it was like. You know, with weddings, you have to sit down. It slows down the whole energy of the wedding. So why not just keep everybody partying, drinking, dancing, and eating the tiniest food and the cutest food possible? Oh, I'm sorry that uh, I'm not engaged to a uh, (laughs) terrible monster. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't deserve the tiny food. He guess what? He never worked in a restaurant. Let's just say maybe it was to match his micro penis. I'm just gonna say that (laughs) just for a nice. Dig. But yep. it also, you know, it also but, feeds into these holiday parties when you're like serving mass amounts of food and you're taking the ultimate risk. Yes, oh, yeah. you are. The ultimate risk. Uh, <laughs> uh, people like to act like they wash their grubby little hands after they touch their dirty little butts. That yeah. chick last and night, she gave me, um, I just ordered a soda water and she had her ha- fingers all around the top rim <sighs> right, where I you wanna- drink from. It's like, unless you're providing someone a straw, I mean, that's that's server etiquette, too. I mean, you can't be grabbing people's drinks where they're it's supposed like to drink from, but with your finger. Your, concert menu or an actual yes, restaurant? at the Will Turn. Yeah, we were at the Will Turn, and uh, I, have, I have a quick uh, food review. Oh, please do. <laughs> had, had a slice of pizza at the Will, at Turn. The Will Turn, and it oh. was delicious and floppy and greasy. Just a wonderful slice of pepperoni pizza that's good. I like that for $7. Yeah, they also have um, hot dogs. Yeah, you know, what? but I was I was feeling the pizza. That's why I because it's wonderful. It's yeah. it's a great thing to go go see a concert and actually have it be more than like a bag of chips, yeah. or whatever. So I had a they seven, have those too. I had a seven dollar. <laughs> I think it was eight dollars. Okay, I had pepperoni. Oh, yeah, was I had cheese pepperoni. was seven. You, you're Did right, Jocelyn. Combo option. Yeah, no, they not were. that we were offered. Not that we were offered. So an eight dollar slice of pizza wonderful and then i went to get my one cocktail for the night and i told you i wasn't gonna drink but i was like i can't i can't be at a concert and not drink it, it was, was it was a it wrong was night a little monotonous start. it was like uh it wasn't the kind of it, was, it wasn't um like an energy filled no i you haven't have been drinking but i that was it was tempting because it was just kind of like all right so what do you do you just I, sway exactly i i was like i need to get a party started in my head and yeah. that's why i went to go <laughs> get a drink and so she's like should I just make it a double for you and I stupidly forgot that I was like yeah sure you know what that's just what make and a then strong was it 36 dollars airports and concerts 26 dollars airports and concerts twice baby as much money so I had a 26 dollar cocktail <gasps> oh and an eight dollar slice of pizza still relatively cheap night out in LA not bad Do you, I, I told you about like my one huge pet peeve is when I go and order a glass of wine and they try and like uh, give me another glass of wine or like they try and upsell me, which is fine. Like maybe there's a better glass of wine on the menu and then they serve it to you and then you realize later it's so expensive. Yeah. Like Kali or Cali, I'm calling them out. 
uh, in Larchmont. I asked for a glass of rosé. He told me there was a lovely sparkling rosé, and we were literally just having a drink and running. He gives me the bill. It was a $60 bill for two glasses of wine. That (gasps) glass of wine was $30. He never told me. Oh, please. And he... That's wild. he, He used to run Providence or whatever, which is like a... What I don't care. What his his brain is. It's not like he's making commission off that glass of wine. I know, you know? he was the he's owner. Like, I literally said, "Can I speak to the owner? This is crazy." And he was like, "Oh, I am the owner, or the manager, or whatever." So I was like, "Well, this is horrible service." And like, right. who gets who a thirty dollar glass of? wine? I mean, I understand yeah, that I look bananas. like a princess, but it does not mean I am one. Oh my god! Yeah, I I remember the first time in, in um, ugh, God, not to even go off on this, but the first time. I was charged $13 for a cocktail, which now is disgustingly like the norm everywhere. Mm -hmm. But I remember it was you were paying for the premium of being on the roof, you know, in New York City. And it was $13 cocktail and you were just straight up like, oh, that was my four PBR budget. Um, like you want to do a spit take, but you can't because you paid so much for that cocktail. You, I was like, I can't spit any of it out. That's a yeah. dollar fifty worth if I spit it. I'm gonna eat all the ice too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, well, I'm excited to uh, start a fun little segment where we uh, read and then have a good laugh and discuss the hashtag server life on. Twitter, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna read one and then pass it around and oh. you can all read the next. Mm. So uh, here's from at uh, Jamie Wren one. I take it she's a server <laughs> with that server life. She uh, she says no, I don't want to take ten pictures with four <laughs> different phones of you and your friends because y'all haven't seen each other in a while. All while I have five other tables. Hashtag server life. Oh my God. Ooh, the old classic. Take a picture of us at the table. There's 15 of us, and there's no physical way we can all fit in this picture at once, but do it. Do it. And not just a Memory's picture. Memory's frozen in time. We're going to do basically a headshot session. Yeah. Uh, everyone gets three looks. Um, we're going to take 15 minutes to pose. Maybe five different phones. It's called airdrop, are... bro. Oh, seriously. And this is, this is the tweet that's like sending me off into our topic today which is basically like the charade of being a server which is that you have to be like yeah i'd love to all right everyone get together you all look awesome like please give me a break so all right here's one i catch myself saying right behind when i'm coming up behind people in public i do that too i'll go corner yeah yeah Yeah. Hot, hot stuff. Yeah. Hot, hot stuff. Hot, hot stuff plate. coming through. <laughs> behind you. I, we were behind you. When I worked at... That was ours. Uh, I love it behind my you. My yep. days, it was like a maze, <laughs> a buca de beppo. So you'd have to like say corner when you're around the corner because, I mean, you literally like, couldn't see. And like for, because of going around corners and moving for like two years, I just had like <laughs> bruises <laughs> and scabs all along my forearms from just ramming my, my flesh into like these corners at Buka, so that I say corner a lot too. Anyway, great. I, I, I love the idea that you were allowed to like, um, like yell this kind of stuff out in restaurants, and like it's part of the whole hustle and bustle. I would love, like, had I been on, you know, the idea to do this when I was on a shift to also just be like angry, <laughs> overwhelmed. In the weeds. I'm in the weeds. Weeds. <laughs> corner. Um. 
I got to read this other okay, one because yeah, it yeah, speaks yeah. to last, I think it was the last podcast. We we're talking about the woman who was like, I'm allergic to pepper. Yeah, this yeah. Is good. Uh, quote, make sure the steak is well done, comma, I'm allergic to blood. <laughs> Hashtag server life. <laughs> oh, allergic to blood and oh. also class. Right, the, I want yep. that butterflied and done well done. Wreck it. Burn that shit out of that meat because I am an actual animal. Hashtag Trump style. Exactly. I was I was gonna say it and then I was like, no, you did a Trump thing right at the top, Joss. Cool it on the Trump. I'll do it. I'll do one. Thank you. Ramekin of ketchup for that burnt steak, please. Oh my god. Also, what a living hell and prison that person must live in with all the blood inside their body at all times. I know. Causing their immune system. A constant allergic reaction. Because you know a place is like a little classier if they have you bring a ramekin of ketchup out as opposed to having full bottles of ketchup you leave on the table. Oh, you're not. A, if it's a nice restaurant, you cannot slam down a Heinz 57 on the ketchup or on the table. No way. No way. All right, guys. <laughs> People on hot schedules be like, hey, can I? Hey, I can cover your shift. Hey, I need my shift covered. Can someone work for me? I can work for someone. Bitches, can you read? <laughs> Hashtag server life. Hashtag server problems. They're just not connecting. Yeah, that one's like... I mean, it's like misconnection. That's one. the stuff you use at your job, right? I mean, yes. I don't, I don't know if that's ex- extremely accurate, though. <laughs> okay, well, I pulled that one for you so you could oh, explain it to us. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, it's because like, people aren't, aren't communicating because they're saying, I want a shift, well, I need a shift, I have a shift, and people aren't. I got tickets. Do you need tickets? Yeah. Do you... Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. That's okay. Do you want to read another? You, did, you didn't have to like it. <laughs> I didn't get it. Because it doesn't work. Hot schedules doesn't work like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Hashtag Twitter Which lies. I don't know like, anything I mean, it, about. It, it, I know we can, talked about hot schedules you before. You can but... send out an email, but you have to release a shift. And it, like, it should have been like, hey, I released my shift. Can you pick it up? Cool. Just release your shift and I'll pick it up. Release the shift! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The shift is released. Have you picked it up? No, it has to be approved before I can release the shift. That's more. Got it. Got Sorry, it. this is sounds like even more fun. Yeah, that's pretty. That's a little wild, and that, I feel like that segues so perfectly into this whole like the dance, the dance, and the act of being a server, and that you are someone's now now you're someone's like wingman or wing woman like that it's not just the job you have to be a dancing monkey for everybody and i just love i love 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 the whole like helping people with proposals Mm -hmm. and then also of course there's the dreaded birthday if you are a server and you do not give someone the best birthday of their life with your singing and clapping and hee-hawing around like they fucking lose their mind it's like, so crazy. Happy birthday plays in my nightmares. It's the worst. That's so, I, I don't even want to hear it for myself. Can I tell you from the other from the other side? It was my friend's birthday like a <laughs> month ago, and we all went out to eat. And um, he was like, said something about dessert, and she was like, "Oh, I don't need anything." He's like, "Well, I'm bringing it, whether you like it or not." Oh my god! I was like, was... "I'm calling the police." <laughs> It's <laughs> a threat. My, my friend Miguel worked at this horrible um, restaurant in New York called Maracas, and he used to have to go out and sing in Spanish Ooh. to a table and and shake maracas and wear a giant sombrero. Oh. Yeah, great yeah. way to spend a birthday with cultural appropriation. <laughs> well, he yes. he is Spanish, but oh, still wow. like 
it's still a, it's like oh god i gotta break up the maracas go get me that i mean it's like this whole like it basically turns into this entire show that you have to put on i worked in a middle eastern restaurant uh out in the detroit verbs <laughs> it was the fucking craziest thing where if it was someone's birthday you were like oh no because the restaurant would shut down uh literally like like food would just be left just burning on the stove because even the fucking like line cooks the bus boys everyone would come out and it would turn into like dancing so there were swords on the wall and drums and so and everyone was like I don't even know it's not how many employees were there there was it was a huge staff 67 and um and I forget how you sing it in Arabic uh I definitely knew it back then but everyone it was like like you know the like cruise ship style no it was nuts I was just gonna say my favorite way to have a birthday is on a cruise well you so like us the servers would lose our mind because like shit everyone else who's not having a birthday is about to not receive service or their food (laughs) for 20 minutes here goes my fucking tip but then the minute the back of the house heard there was a birthday they were like party it's like the scene from Caddyshack like when the staff like just storms the pool and then like all of these it was like so the whole line cook they were all like Yemenis some of them were linked with 9-11 we found out later down the line anyways uh long story I will get into my whole lashish uh days and stories from the suburbs of uh Detroit but literally um Ahmed I think he's my favorite bus boy I loved him so much he would tie a napkin around his head like do-rag style like he had an outfit he would adorn himself and then he'd start swinging a sword other people would beat drums they would stand and like jump and dance on the booths and like yeah literally like you know pots are boiling over everything's getting burned everyone else in the restaurant is like fuck this and you just be like have to wait for it to die down it's like what a, it's like working at Kellerman's in Dirty Dancing. <laughs> like that's remind me of like when all the staff comes out at the end and is like singing and thanking everybody. <laughs> like, uh, I kind of I love that though. I mean, yeah. I, like like looking back at it, you're like, oh my god, you know, because you're just like, well, there go my tips for the night. Yeah, because like everyone just got the worst. Everyone right, everyone else just got the worst table service. But you're also, like- I mean, it's also like there's there's the aspect of someone who loves their birthday, loves celebrating it, loves having people sing to them, and then there's the aspect of like someone else at the table's like, hey, it's her birthday. Could you uh, do something? Yeah, of course, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that person is furious and embarrassed, Ugh. and like you've got three waiters singing at full. Full range. Oh, Happy and now birthday. You're, and now you're in trouble. Now you are embroiled. And in they're like not having a good time. And you're like, you think I'm having a good time, motherfucker? Like, <laughs> yeah. you this think is what I want. This is what I wanted you. to do yeah. right now. No. Every time someone would be like, "Can you uh, can you make a little something happen?" I would just. We had a drawer with a candle in it, and they were like slightly like longer, cute candles. That's it. I'd be like, oh, "That's I'm, different." I'm fucking fun. putting a candle in your dessert. That's it. What else do you want from me? They want more. They want the show. I worked at Sullivan's Steakhouse in Chicago, which was my first ever job. My friend uh, in in Chicago and my friend was like, no, I'm going to hook it up. I'm going to get you a job at Sullivan's Steakhouse. Like I was like, the minute I got the job, I was like, oh, you don't know me, do you? As City of Steakhouses, by the way. Oh, so many steakhouses That's all like next to each other. That's like where the most terrible people go to just eat. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Yeah, my ex boyfriend works there. 
My ex live-in boyfriend worked at Ruth's Chris and developed a delicious Coke habit. Oh, surprise, My ex surprise. works at the Cheesecake Factory, and it gives me so much satisfaction. Mm. Um, do they still have to wear all white? Yes, they do. Damn. Oh, wow. He's also a goth kid, so I'm sure it really it cuts to the core time. for him. Uh, that's amazing. I We would do, so like, first of all, Sullivan's, like the whole thing was just like a, welcome to the jazz era. It was like constant like jazz music playing really over the top. You... We're trying to, it was almost like a little bit, I don't want to say like post-Swingers era because Swingers seemed cool sort of, but this place definitely played a lot of Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, which was <laughs> a lot, a lot to handle. A lot of Mighty Mighty Boston's. Which is the soundtrack every night to me having a panic attack because I could not keep up with the steps of service. Hey! Put it on, baby! <laughs> so there was a cigar lounge like <gasps> literally no. oh it was so awful so like we had to have so we would get inspected at the beginning of the shift because we all had to like look the part and we no. would get points docked like if you did not have you had to have um three pens next to each other no. then a wine oh, yeah, key, yeah, yeah. a cigar oh cutter God. you had to have like approved notepads like you had to just do this I'm getting whole, hives just hearing oh, it's this it's awful and oh, yeah. i got sent home because my skirt was too long one time and the whole thing is like you had to have like a deep V sort of, you know, black. I n I'm now remembering. I was like, I've never been sexualized at a job. And now I was like, oh, wait, yes, I have. And so you'd have to be ready to like cut some like fat cat big daddy's like <laughs> cigar with a cigar wait, cutter. Wait, where was you this? accidently cut someone's fat tip of his I know, off right? What was this place called again? Sullivan's Steakhouse. It's oh a nightmare. My so. friend Stacy in um, New York worked at a place called Bar and Books, which was a whiskey and cigar place. And she Oof. would have to wear like, like only what could be described as like a young rep like Republican's <laughs> wife's like attire, which was like a a red polyester a sweater set? fitted dress Weird. with pearls. No, oh my god, that's awful. See, part of this like you're like. Who came up with this shit? But so you're sitting there like cutting people's cigars, men. telling them about, you know, I'm I know, so men. <laughs> men. Hashtag men. <laughs> Hashtag all men. Um but so like on top of all of these steps of service, it was just so frightening to work there because the dessert situation was the dreaded souffle, which I was like, who's eating souffles? Oh, my God. They're so gross, first of all. Uh -huh. But the minute you dropped everyone's food off, their entree at the table, you had to say, are we thinking about dessert tonight? Because I need to get the souffle started. You had to get the order in 40 minutes 30 to 40 minutes I in never advance. buy it when they do that. I'm never like, you know what? Exactly. I'm eating, I'm eating something savory right now. I'm, I'm going to want a fucking hot apple pie in 70 minutes. Every step of service at this place was designed to make your table hate your fucking guts. Where you're like, everything goes against just normal organic interaction you want to have with people. But so you'd be dropping off their massive plates of food and be like, and can I get dessert started for you? Specifically Ugh. a souffle, because if you'd waited till their course was done and then they'd have they to said, wait. Yeah. They'd have to wait 30 to 40 minutes. I hate this place so much. Oh, it's so terrifying. And the one woman who made the souffles was this really mean woman named Marta. And you'd be like, I need a souffle. Fuck, and she'd start yelling at you. And so then the whole thing is you had to time it and you'd be screaming at people to clear 
their dinner plates because she would put the souffle out then too early. And if it fell before you got to the table, your managers, who were always on the floor, would basically like reprimand you, dock points. Like, and so you'd be running out with a souffle, like caving in on itself. But then if you did make it to the table, you had to do the whole like dig into it with two spoons. And it's the ugliest dessert you've ever yeah, seen in your life. How much cheesecake you get from the fridge? You know, Ugh. why do we got to go crazy? Oh, God. But you're like, like but like, oh God, it's the worst. That it's, story's going to keep me up at night. I'm sorry. It's so horrible. <laughs> but it was the whole part of like the whole show of like, you know, all of our presentation and every food item. Well, there's eat. something. Yeah, there's something, too, that people correlate with fine dining and like more specific service. <sighs> so it's like, I don't know if you guys ever White used a bread cloth. crumber. Oh, oh yeah. my god! Oh, I oh yeah, my hate bread crumber. Bread crumber was in my apron too. Yes. Bread crumber is this. You know, you're working in a fine dining place when they give you a bread crumber. Looks like a it's tiny a, little gutter. Yeah, it's like a little scraper, and you're supposed to scrape all of the crumbs off the table whenever you see one. And it's the most awkward thing you could do because it runs up against the tablecloth and then stops. Mm -hmm. And you're also like in front of people, like kind of hunched over just slowly scraping these crumbs into your hand. It's the most awkward thing ever. When all you really could do is just throw it on the floor. You have to like act like you're like, oh, I'm just putting these in this. Hand. My, I don't know. What you this is going to be my dinner yeah. later. It's just a pile. I'm accumulating it home. And it's like a tiny tool. And I you're love this big crumbs. table scraping just tiny little crumbsies. But, but we were, I mean, we were forced to make it look like there was also a step of service where if you crumbed, like a caveman, you'd be in trouble too. So we had to, we had to have. Don't like, hunch while you crumb. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to do like an elegant swoop where you'd have to be like. Whoosh, 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 I remember whoosh. that too. Yeah, and, yeah. And like bring it toward you. Yes. And the you, art of decrumbing. Oh, God, this my, is why I never worked God. in fine dining. But that's that like, is I, literally I haven't had anything one. anyone crumb my table. I don't think in ten years. I, yeah, no. right. Maybe I'm it's antiquated. That, that was oh, such an early two thousand. You guys have to let us know if you still crumb. Y'all, y'all still crumb. Crumbin? Hashtag server life. Hashtag, Hashtag crumb life. life. <laughs> Hashtag crumb life. The crummer. The crumbudgeons. Yep. yep, you'd get, uh, yeah, so, and I would too, so, like, the, the apron would have, like, it, and we had to buy it specific click pens you would get in so much just you didn't have specific them. pens this could be like them. a whole episode of itself it's like where's my wine key where are the pens like oh exactly. my god right. i've cool gone through i mean forget losing socks there are definitely like 900 wine keys just riddled throughout my life <laughs> oh yeah i but, still find buka de bepo pens like in random boxes and i haven't worked there in like 15, 12, 15 years or something where I'm just like, oh, it's an Ayurveda pen. I also wear a reminder. pocket protector at work. There's definitely wine service, yeah. which is a whole nother beast. Um, I kind of think wine service is a little necessary though. I do. I do. But when I first started like in fine dining and what have you, I was like, what the shit is this shit? Yeah. But it would make but me so nervous. Time. As yeah. Server, yeah. So, right? a wine service. What would that entail? So, basically, wine services. You bring out the bottle and you show all the guests at the table the label, so that they can confer that that's what they ordered. Okay. Because actually, a lot of the times, like literally a year will be off, and that's like a hundred dollars less. You For have to sure. Be extremely specific when you have a large wine list. I thought it was the person that ordered it only. Me too. It depends on the restaurant. Okay. I um, it, it's like. I, I have gotten to this level where I'm just like, 
some it's always the man who like tries to step in and order it and I don't think he knows what the fuck he's talking about so mm-hmm. I like to show the other people too <laughs> good I like what um, this jack hole ordered yeah, yeah. Um, so you show them the, the label and then you have to keep the label faced out as you um, take the little knife on your wine key mm-hmm. and um, sort of like uh, what would you call it you, like strip the foil yeah, off yeah you strip the foil or the wax um, and then, you know, same thing, label faced out, you put in your little wine key, you take it out. And I mean, there's all these other well, steps and, the, and you can't, that... you have to, when you get almost toward the end, you have to wiggle the cork. Yeah, it can't, it can't go it. like a, oh, no, no, no. especially that and, or same thing with champagne, oh, you know, you have to keep that. your, your thumb over the top. So, so, the... so it goes more like, yeah, yeah. So, so as little it's, of a pop as possible. yeah, it's like less of a, a full blown, like dump fart and more like a. <laughs> Boop. Yeah, it's just a little. It's I. I still kind of get off when I open a bottle of bubbly, and I, I like I do it perfectly. Same. Very. Oh yeah. But sometimes you're at the table and oh. people, especially with white wine, the corks would break. Mm. Oh yeah. And then you look Always. like a real dick because it's you know let's say it's a hundred fifty dollar bottle of wine. Mm. It's not your fault the cork no. breaks. Sometimes they're just brittle mm-hmm. and stale and whatever. Or but, they're corked. Or I'd right. Say, yeah. Well, screwed up. Like but then you're like embarrassed and it's this whole fancy charade oh, yeah. that you have to do. And then when it goes wrong, it's so sad. And, right, and they like, look oh. at you like you're an imbecile. Yeah. Well, like, that, oh, I'm then sorry. You like, even though surgery. I've opened more bottles of wine and I'm sure combined in this room than the state of California. Like we, you just get to a point where like, oh, I know how to do this. Like I have friends that don't know how to use a wine key. Yeah. No. And I'm flabbergasted. And where they like, have this those is the best way to do it. Like, that, they have like a rabbit. Oh, yeah. The twisty with the arms. Yeah. Isn't a rabbit yeah. a dildo? Fuck those. Yeah. The rabbit's also a dildo, like but it's also one... a wine opener. They're is both it the phallic. Same? Is, is, it, is it the same owner? Because that would I be don't smart. think so. Because, you know, yeah. dildos do go with wine. Yeah. So here's my second. All comes together. My second story. Oh, oh, well, yes. So, okay. So, um, after you've, um, uncorked your bottle, you, uh, pour a taste to the person who's tried it and then, who ordered. then the shirt who ordered, excuse me. And then the, the new charade begins of them trying to, um, look like they know anything about wine, it's which the most fun. it's so fun to see. And a lot of the times they're like, tastes like wine, which yep. is my favorite thing to hear. Oh, that's um, fun. I say or, that. you know, and. <laughs> So what you're supposed to, what you're supposed to do is if you have an accelerated palate you can just usually smell the wine um and know if it's corked or not but you should always be tasting the wine but what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to swirl the wine in the glass so you're getting oxygen in the and into the wine so it opens up a little bit more because wine um is retained in that bottle for so it's, long. It's tight. You know, yeah. sometimes the bottle's a little so tight. It's like a flower. You, you just yeah, want it to like open a stretch, up. Little yoga and then class. you approve of it. And what you're supposed to do is then pour the person next to them a full glass of wine and go around the table and end with the person mm-hmm. who has ordered the wine to begin with. Now, quick question. Just because I recently realized sometimes with the, getting the foil off the top of the bottle, yeah. you know, even though I love my little knife, whatever, yeah. I realize you can just whoop, just take the whole sheath yeah, off. Yeah, you shouldn't be doing Very that. frowned upon. <laughs> Very it frowned is. Upon. So I mean, servers there's... have done it. I've, I've had servers do it, and I'm like, mm, that seems I used rough. to, because I'm tiny, I used to put my my leg up like on the Me bench too. and rest the bottle on, yeah. on the, my thigh and open it that way. Oh, you would um, like, hold the bottle between your legs? I've done that too. The... I mean, there, you know, I've, I've grown. I've grown. 
Um, but all, it's just like so people just look like they know more than they do, which is fine. I mean, that's the thing is wine is such an elitist subject and it doesn't need to be. But, oh, my gosh, do men feel the need to, like, immediately grab the wine menu and make an executive decision and ask things like, can I get – I'm thinking about, like, a Cab Sauve or a Pinot Noir, which are total opposite ends of the red wine spectrum. Absolutely. It's like, so you want oil or vinegar. I'm so which confused. Um, it's a whole other tirade. But, uh, oh, we'll save it. There's also, um, you know, there's steps of service to when you break a cork. Um, there's a little, it's like a little grabber. It kind of looks like um, a little prong that you can stick in and pull the cork out. I'm really good at just like. Oh, it goes yeah, down on fishing both sides. Out. Yeah, Making fishing sure it out. You get the debris out. Yeah. I'm, you immediately go back in the service station and whip yourself. Like, yeah, you're just like, I what have I done? <laughs> I mean, and the other thing is, is when somebody brings in like clearly a shitty bottle of wine that's maybe been in their closet for 20 years, but they want to impress that girl. So they like fish it out and the cork is definitely broken and it's definitely like probably gross. And you have to pour it through cheesecloth yep. to get all the cork. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many. <sighs> don't bring don't bring shitty wine to a restaurant with a $30 uh, corkage fee. That's all I'm going to say. Okay, so, That's so high this one. is my second, That's uh, my second yeah. tale I would tell of like cutting my finger on sheet metal while on the <laughs> oh, job. Oh, yeah, you so, just cut so it on blood. that. So wine. like there was one time I was working, I was doing a bottle, I was doing a wine service and I went to open it and when I when I – when I went to take off the metal sheath, it like sliced the shit out of me. Yeah, that thumb. hurts. So I was able to like then get like the cork out fine, and then I put my hand behind my back like a like a fancy mm -hmm. server mm -hmm. and poured it with my other hand. Well, blood proceeded to <laughs> fill up in the the hand that was behind my back. Oh Ooh. my god! It was a classy move, but I was like, Ooh. I'm injured. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then. Oh, out. <laughs> Where are the finger cuts? Can I get a finger? No, no, and then you have to put a finger condom on yeah. it, which yeah, is bright cut. blue, so everybody knows oh, that you. Oh, bright blue! I've not oh, seen Oh, they're ones. blue, mm. so you don't lose them in the food. Oh, that's there you smart. go. I always do like the the fleshy colored. No, they don't ones. do flesh colored ones anymore because they're too afraid of people like them accidentally falling off. Times of church. <laughs> I went to a place in San Francisco. There's a restaurant called House of Prime Rib. Oh, <laughs> it's a house. What's a house of for you? House of Prime it Rib. Was, it was uh is that the franchise same as du Duplex of Prime Rib? I don't know, but I hope so. <laughs> Apart apartment of complex. So House of Prime Rib, when you order a prime rib, they drive like it looks like a grill, but it's like the fanciest grill you've ever seen. No. And the guy has a big chef's outfit and a big chef's hat and he drives it over and then cuts your piece of prime rib and serves it to you. That I think that was my favorite serving like being served on experience because i told you guys about the cheese wheel i had at the italian yeah. place oh, yeah. yeah where we had to like create Scrape their pasta the by cheese. scraping yeah. the cheese and like mixing gotta the pasta see, gotta see a video of this later we have to post it. i saw a, i <laughs> just saw be a like, video the other day i almost said to John late in bed late at like, night i don't want to trigger her today yeah. wait what i saw a video that someone posted of like pasta being like spooned <laughs> out of a a, a cheese wheel really struggling to know what I'm gonna... oh my god you have a photo yes okay so this then they have the salad that they do table side that's like this fancy salad that they they put in this little bowl and then they dump in the big bowl and it's like this whole they're like scraping and spinning it hold on where's Ooh. the cart 
Here's. It's the cart. Oh my god, that's, that's a meat cart. Yes, it's like a it's like so a different than I imagined. Stainless steel, like a beautiful grill, and yeah, they roll them Super around. Cool. There's not just one; they have like ten of them. They look like little. Ooh, I'm sorry. It's the future. It's like a little self-driving car. It has a light inside, so the guy can work. Get wow. that perfect cut of prime for you, baby. And then look at that big, oh, big yeah. bad boy. Just. Two plus pounds of prime rib right on your plate. Good God. Enjoy that dump tomorrow, you monster. I went there and then proceeded to go to one of the worst gigs I've ever been hired for. <laughs> that morning I had seen my ex-fiance at the airport. It was literally what the worst day of my life. <laughs> and I was with my younger brother, thank God, because we like kept it light and kept joking about it. But the the highlight of that day was that prime rib. That prime rib coming coming over on a little like a like an R two D two. Yeah, you get you that know? prime rib coming rolling up to you. You know everything's gonna be okay. That's amazing. See, because like I sent you guys the video of like the fogo de chow. Like that whole job as a server is nothing but performance. And slicing and dicing meat off of giant, scary, frightening skewers. They were saying that as a server, you can just look at the meat as a whole and you know what side is well done, what side is, you know, uh, medium well, medium, medium rare, and rare just by eyeballing it. And then you're just slicing off pieces of meat based on what everyone asked for. I was like, I can't do that. I just cannot. Like, even wine service was like, it would make me shake in my boots because I'm like, I'm just not good at this stuff. I'm not. I, I would always see like, uh, what is it? Bananas Foster. You ever oh, see when that's done? And you have to fire. like light yeah, it on fire. Right. There's a whole like, fire oh, section cool. of serving. I wrote that down. Margs on fire. Um, there's a place in LA that you go to where the margaritas oh, are like on fire. Dr. Pepper. They or... make these little like, they dry out lemons and limes and they make these little bowls and they fill them with like 151 and then they light the little bowl of booze oh, yeah. inside the margarita and bring it to you. They do that at, um, uh, I gotta say, not a flavor I'm looking for. Yeah, I mean, tiki bars still do it. <laughs> I, I, you bring me a tiki drink on fire, now, I'm your best friend. Tiki's what's up. There's yeah. a place in, in Silver Lake called Tiki Tea that I've been to a million times. I'm sure oh, all yeah. of them are the same, but it's like every drink has a song. And they perform this whole song and dance for you. See, but they're like in a what bar you order. and they're the owners and they're definitely smashed. You yeah, know? but it's also the point of Tiki. Exactly. And this so is like me, you're getting a margarita. I just need a margarita. I don't need a margarita on fire. I don't need a dessert on fire. I don't need a cheese flambe. I don't. I don't. I know. It's like if you give people that option, they're going to fucking take it. Yeah, there's a ceremony behind it. Like everybody's like, this place is great. I mean, I will say Saganaki. Saganaki cheese. Holy shit, it's good. For it's sure. Really oh, good. pot. And that was probably like, that was the one of the first things I had like, I guess fire. the yeah. first thing that I ever let on fire that I ate. When I was just a kid in Omaha, I would like uh, do plays at the Emmy Giver Children's Theater. Uh, and then I remember going across the street with uh, uh, Andrew Rannells. Um, he, okay. I did, this was okay. so long ago. I'm drop. listening. But we were doing a play together when we were kids, and there's this place across the street called the Greek Islands, which is like an institution in Omaha. And I had never been before because I was like a West Omaha gal and new to the city relatively. <laughs> and they were like, come on, we're going to go across the street and there was Greek a West food. And, and I was like, what's happening? 
Um, and they ordered the Saganaki, and they were lit on fire, and there was Opa, and I was like, this is one of the best days of my whole life. Oh, my I'm whole... 14 or 14. Yeah, whole freshman and sophomore year of college, I was going to University of Illinois, Chicago, and living two blocks away from Greektown in Chicago, so we would get rip-roaring drunk and play Power Hour and then head on over for some Euros and whatever else we would just scarf down at Greektown. Power Hour? Oh, that's where you, you just drink a shot of beer every minute for uh, an hour. Oh, yeah. Kyle's mouth is dropped. You've never heard of this. You've never I went played to Power Hour. Do People like make mixes so that every minute it's a new song and you know to take a drink because then you get to a point where you're so drunk you don't remember. Like you, like no one's keeping track. I went. To I used NYU. to drink we so much poor. beer. Oh yeah, it was bad. But wait, what was it? Oh, I wanted to talk about teppanyaki. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, is that the um? Is that what you call the Japanese? The shoshu, shoshu? Oh, like, like sh- not shabu shabu. I hate shabu shabu. I'm talking about like Ginsu sort of like knife. I'm talking about Benihana oh, style. Oh yeah. Okay. I've okay. All you had one. to say was Benihana. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't. E- I, I haven't either. What? What? Okay. They're my favorite We're, places to go eat. Wait, Are you kidding? Go. Are you hungry? Like, Are they, you've hungry? never I'll seen an onion train. There's one in Glendale, you guys. We're going. Okay. You've never seen anybody flip a, a shrimp up into their, their own hat? hat? Never. Well, I heard I heard that like they can like like they'll just throw shrimp at your face if you want them yes, to. Yes, they'll throw it at your mouth. I Depends mean, on how fun your like server is. Go. Well, this is Well, there's this is wild because to me it's like you have to be trained in circus arts and also a oh, server. Oh, it's awesome. And it's some people are like so mad that they're doing it. So there's one in Denver. It's the Cirque du Soleil of restaurants. It's so great. There's one in Denver that I went to when I was working in Denver last year. I went twice. And one time we had the most miserable serve teppanyaki chef who was just kind of like lightly, like barely doing any tricks and furious about it the whole time. But when you get like a fun one who's like, oh, yeah, like you guys haven't seen like the fried rice heart beating. Oh, like yeah. there's so many tricks. <laughs> I think oh, yeah. I would know if I it. It is the most fun because the food is really tasty. You get a shitload of it. We're going. Okay. But they closed Benihana, and I'm not saying this is why, but Tori Spelling claimed she fell onto one of the hot grills and burned her arm and sued them. Yeah. So there used to be one in La Cienega, and they shut it down, and now it's something else. Is this how she got the capital for her B&B? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it's one of the many people I'm sure she sues on a daily basis. But there's one left in She's like, Glendale. I fell, I fell face first into the grill. That's why I look weird. <laughs> oh, Aww, that was weird boobs. Um, it's societal pressure. Um, anyway, there's one left in Glendale and it's it's they have a wall of celebrities from oh. the early 90s through today. I and it features celebrities. such celebrities as the third kid from Home Improvement, Ooh. not Jonathan Taylor Thomas, but the blonde um, one. Um, yeah, no it's one got random. It's got like Steve Aoki in there. It's got like the most random celebrity. Could, and- should I try and get my headshot? Yes. On the wall there. Yes. Fuck yeah. So anyway, we should we can go in and, gems, and take actually. pictures of you like we're the paparazzi. Well, we gotta go. We gotta get a whole table worth of people. It's so much fun, and it's it's a little sadder than like you know. It's not as busy as as like a mm. your, your traditional Benihana. Fine. But goddamn, it is. Can you still get like a little like a little Buddha punch and a little Buddha glass? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh my god. Okay, or you drink yeah, out of their I, belly buttons? Like I know we were here mm, to kind of roof. 
so like right there's like okay well that's performative that's worth the performance you know what well, I'm that's saying? the like, reason you're going is like okay right. we're going because this guy is performing this cooking for us in front of us well they seem like bosses you know what yeah. i'm saying you're like these guys are skilled versus what we do yeah a 21 year old jocelyn exactly. like trying to to carve cheese out like, of a giant wheel dance. there's gotta be like uh like competitions like around the world for this too like food tossing that like people like train they work at a Benihana type and then like they go to the big show like in Vegas there's like a big competition where they go and like toss food. Oh I'm sure. And they win prizes and money. Well like but I wanted to talk to um about just even like the smaller steps of service. Did you guys ever have to do anything performative or specific with like linens or napkins? Oh. Yeah, yes. I wrote that down too because some places when you go to the bathroom, you come back and it's like a rose all of a sudden uh, on your table, right. and yeah. you're like, "How did you like? I wipe my snot on that. What is? We don't have to do it." Um, and I feel like sometimes the guys are just like waiting for you to get up, and it's like the minute you like bend forward to get out of your chair, they're like, "Give me a napkin, origami." I never had to do that, like or like like unleash. A napkin and put it on someone's lap is always awkward. It's yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. wild to me. Yeah. I get really weirded out when people like go near my crotch in general, yeah. uh, who's a stranger, <laughs> and just the whole like laying a little blanket on your customer. And like to me too, like obviously I think um, handing someone a menu is obviously like a very nice, it's an elevated step of service. But I feel like sometimes there's like where they wait, they open it for you. It's you the open of it. It's not like the handing. It's like exactly. that's like awkward because it's like into and they're holding it from above to like keep it propped open, like as if you don't know how to open a menu. Exactly. And that they put it makes me nuts, and I never had to do that. But no, I, I'm like, I never I will, did that either. Right. I am not the person who just you know unless I'm working in a diner, I've you don't just drop down the menus in the right. middle of the table. Yeah. yeah. So Treat so, every customer like they do not have opposable thumbs. <laughs> exactly. And I remember the first time, um, like when I was a kid, I mean, do, did you and your siblings or Kyle, you're an only child, would you crack the fuck up the first time you went to a fancy restaurant and saw a pepper grinder? Oh, my yeah, they're huge. Brother and I. Pepper grinder? It looks like one of those Swiss Alps, like, horns that go yeah. down the mountainside. Oh, wow. There's a... <laughs> <laughs> and that sound effect later. my brother and I my parents were like stop laughing because we were like it's a table leg and we couldn't stop laughing every time the waiter brought a table a leg because you were riffing on the pepper riffing on the pepper but I'm or the children, parmesan cheese children are to be seen not heard Andrea this is the day and age when kids didn't get to run the fucking restaurant on the table I was, I was like yeah bring that over here I want pepper on this I don't care if I'm gonna like it and then I ended up liking it but yeah the cheese grater, too, when you guys would go and be like, oh, would you have fresh grated cheese? And then you'd just be like, keep it going. And your mom would be like, no more. Well, and it's, and it's just like it's just like the weirdest thing when you have to give somebody cheese or pepper. And you're like, you, you're like, all right, tell me when's enough enough. And they just kind of nod. And you're like, oh, you're done? Like, no, 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 keep going. Keep it's going. it's like this weird, like, or like, I said it's enough. I said it's enough. Yeah, and it's, it's like, you just nodded at me. I, right. I told you, to, you the magic words anything. are, it's enough. Right. It's, a, it's just like a fun game. I've. I still get freaked out when I when I'm at an Italian place and they bring out like the bowl and the spoon of like the fresh Parmesan. I'm like, stop it! I have food control issues too, though. Where no, I'm, I'm like, can you just leave it here? Just I leave like it. the ones that they you spin. Yeah, they I was just yeah. I just put one in my Amazon. That's cart luxury. Yesterday. How's the sound right now? Well, let me just put the headphones on. <laughs> 
And sound is good. Sound uh, is good. Uh, this is, turn if you guys don't know, uh, you haven't heard Brian, uh, our amazing sound engineer, piping in here and there. He is going to be our very, he's our very special guest today. Right? On side work. You know what I'm saying? Like, like why, why keep it a mystery? Let's let everyone know ASAP. We all have <laughs> dirt to dish, if yes. you will. I know Brian's no different. Uh, Brian, he's piped in in, uh, I like how we just both said piped in. You say piped in first, and I'm like, I love that term. I'm going to say it too. Piped in. Uh, I think it was in our first episode. Maybe we asked you that how many years you had, and you said roughly. Yeah, I was actually, and I, I think I said roughly 20, but then I forgot my first job Uh-oh. at 14 where I was a busboy. So 24 years off and on. Wow. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Started at fourteen, and I quit at about thirty, thirty-seven, thirty-eight. I think was when Irwin closed. So yeah. And R.I.P. Irwin in Chicago. Oh man, Irwin was the best. Tell uh, us about Irwin, Brian. Irwin was a uh, chef-owned and uh, restaurant in Chicago. Irwin Drexler was the chef, and he was uh, kind of the four. Runner, he was ahead of his time in Chicago on um, doing farm to table, um, you know, Amer- he, American comfort food with French influences. Basically, um, he trained, if you know, the king of Chicago restaurants, Paul Kahn, or I guess he's the prince. Grant Ackett <laughs> would probably be the king, but uh, he owns everything in Chicago, and he stud- started under Irwin. And uh, yeah, Irwin was uh, what was cool about how he started doing that was his um parents were holocaust survivors and so when he was a kid they taught him you grow and you grow all your own food um because that's what they had to do and so when he became a chef he was like i grow my own food and that or i get it from a farmer's market totally and it's just so funny that the way we all Eight to begin with became such a novel concept so that when someone's like yeah um i grow it and then we eat it in the restaurant like was trailblazing yeah, yeah. super trailblazing it's yeah. just so funny to think back on it now when you're like well of course we're eating food from a farm you know as opposed to the cisco food company yeah. you know when you're opening up plastic sack of pre-made minestrone soup you're like yeah i get it for the ease and whatever but like dude he's like one of the first people doing like new american exactly and yeah all these places you go into now the hipster waiters and he was doing all of that long before except minus the hipster wait well no we had is erwin still alive yeah great um he just (laughs) retired he uh for some reason decided that well we had two restaurants there was one before like amy sedaris like worked at the other one yes. is like a big thing uh and uh dan savage oh also really worked they worked there together yep. savage love awesome. uh, he's a metropolis. savage waiter well he had three he had metropolis and then metropolis 1800 because they moved and then he opened Irwin in like 91 92 something like that and then yeah uh 2008 really hit him pretty hard uh, and so, and but eventually, here's the thing about Irwin, right? Because it was like open for so long and was such a small, like, like pop, mom and pop type operation. It like the staff was so old school, and nobody left. Oh, nobody left. I worked there for, I bartended there for five years, and I was still one of the more recent hires when I left. Wow, when that's when there like was one guy, uh, Leroy, who came in after me, and one 
female. Who was there the longest? Uh, Pam, who I think was there for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. That's that's like a super duper commitment to a restaurant. And it also says a lot about the kind of <laughs> place he was running. Yeah. You know, and the fact that I know I became a regular before it shut down. I only oh. got to eat there a few times, but yeah. I remember the first time I went with you guys, you know, or we probably went to visit. We probably went inside of the bar while Brian was working. And got obnoxiously yep. rip roaring. Giant martini. Now, I, I have two very pressing questions that I think you just give your best answer. Why are martini glasses shaped like that? Why are they such fussy bitches in the glassware world? I wish I had an answer for that. Ah. I don't know. They, I mean, there's got to be Something a, a reason. Like keeping, well, because like martinis haven't always been served cold either. No, and like they started during prohibition, and every, everything was warm. I'm just like yeah, that they specific weren't, and shape of being they were such usually, a bitch to carry. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what, like, I wouldn't, when I would pour them for the servers, our glasses were, I would leave some on the side so that they could carry it without it spilling everywhere. I mean, just the glass itself, trying to confidently hand it to someone across the bar is yeah. a feat in and of itself, but then put it on a server tray. Oh, yeah. Walking through a crowded restaurant with, like, four wiggly, wobbly, like, weeble wobble martini glasses. Yeah, same yeah. with, like, the, the stemmed margarita glasses. So we, I think I may have told the story before where I one time I spilled not like eight or nine margaritas on <laughs> one gentleman this was like i think i was i was like 19 or 20 years old like waiting tables and i was like i can do it and then like tumble like the guy is like i left to go change his shirt oh no well well and then i would get that thing too is like if you've got uh say you know a gin based drink and uh maybe tequila in another and they're all and vodka and they're all in this crazy glassware on a tray they're also sloshing into each other's business yeah there's fucking stupid glassware. Yeah, that's exactly. Like par for the course, though. Like that's the thing. Like that's like a slosh around martini and you cheers people and everything goes into each other's drink. That's not clean. Well, that's that's why the yeah clinking glasses when you cheers. Oh, so in case someone tried to poison you, everybody share gets a little bit of your drink. I love then, origin wait, stories. Hold on, let's start from the beginning, Brian. Okay. What is this story? So. I, I don't know where I heard this. I could be making it up. Uh, I've heard it somewhere. But the, the, the history behind clinking glasses and cheersing was so that your, your beverage would slosh into the other person's. So that way, nobody would want to poison you because they were going to also get your drink. Oh, cool, my right? God. Most of American history is based around uh, people trying to kill one another. Well, this was like, this probably dates back to like your probably English. Or yeah, English, oh, English yeah. or well, yeah, so right. uh, That's Vikings, what I meant. Maybe. When like cups were made out of like steel and you could yeah. like you could really clink them and really and get a like, And there was probably the no, king of the north. Yeah. Everybody was just drinking ale and, and ale. Yeah. And killing kings and princes left and right. Yeah. Yep. It's just like toilet <laughs> wine and murder. Yeah, we can't we can't exactly. all have a royal taster. Um, I I had so much fun, like you being uh, well, if, if people don't know Brian and I are married, we're married people. We're married to yes, each other. We are. So it was kinda it's always fun to have like that person that you know behind the bar, like making you drinks and like hooking you up. It's, oh, a, yeah. it's a special feeling you get. You agree, Brooke? I mean, I've yet to... Well, okay, I take it back. Uh, I had a love affair with a bartender in Chicago way back then when I was uh, when I was engaged and well, married. But anyways, love feelings aside, just to have like a friend or someone you know like behind that bar. Oh, yeah, where you get all the bar. little perks. 
No, but the question is, what's it like to have Andrea come in and be your customer, Brian? <laughs> Andrea was actually a good customer, probably a better customer than I was when I visited her. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, so how many years in your relationship were you guys both uh, in, in, the in the shit together? Yeah. Hmm. Four? I stopped, I think, waiting tables when I was like 27 or 28. Okay, so, we, so that would be... Five, I would say like Four, four years. Yeah, about yeah. four. Yeah. Yeah, when we were both like simultaneously. But then, I mean, there was a big chunk of that. I was uh, also not, I was catering. You were at, catering, but you also worked at like uh, Marshall McGeerty. Let's talk about that job. Oh, God, that was the weirdest place. Okay. This was. Uh, yeah, please. This is Marshall Chicago. Marshall McGeerty was in Chicago, and the, uh, they were a uh, owned by Philip. No, R.J. Reynolds, whoever owns Camel, R.J. Reynolds, got this idea that they were going to open this bar, coffee shop, uh, cigarette lounge. Oh, that sounds Where you like... would go and get their, they will roll you cigarettes. This is um, right after they outlawed smoking in Chicago. Yeah, so it was before the ban took effect, but we knew it was coming, and everybody, and they kept saying, oh, no, we'll be exempt, um, because... Apparently, if you could prove that most of your income was not from mm-hmm. alcohol, um, then you were primarily a cigarette retailer, and then you could that's why cigar shops could still allow smoking. And they did not do that because people uh, would come in and not buy cigarettes. Um, sometimes they would, but most people didn't because they were all cheap Wicker Park <laughs> heroin addicts. Oh God! Would, yeah. Um, who come in and get a cup of coffee and sit in the place all day long. And and then just, just kind of mainline some sweet black tar heroin and, and go to dreamland? Yeah. Well, I don't know if... Coffee have, and heroin I'm trying to think seem... if we actually had anybody nod off in the place. <laughs> Probably. Not that I remember, but I'm sure it happened. Wait, so let's get this very straight. European. This place, Yeah, this place is very European where it's like alcohol, cigarettes coffee and heroin oh. were you just cleaning up piles of diarrhea everywhere yeah, yeah. Well, the bathrooms are actually very clean how it was a yeah i don't know it was a very clean place These they actually brand new so it, didn't it was brand dirty. new they paid for i mean they had the same hvac system that nasa used on something so like <laughs> unless you were standing right next to somebody who was smoking it actually didn't smell like smoke in there which was pretty remarkable huh. but they shut down because <laughs> they, they that didn't sustain. Um, no, that little experiment. But the cigarette, uh, the the weird thing was they, I got a free pack. I smoked then. I got a free pack of cigarettes every shift I worked, um, which was definitely saved me a lot of money. Uh, and they had weird, crazy, like Earl Grey cigarettes and uh, rose-flavored cigarettes. I, and I'd just be like, I'd like a jarm, please. <laughs> I they, love clove cigarettes. They had, no, I mean, a lot of them. No were, cloves, the Earl Grey were really similar to they were, a clove, yeah, I yeah. think. That was um, such a weird one. But yeah, it was a weird job where I was hired as a bartender, but then it was like I had to make coffee and serve roll cigarettes and roll cigarettes with these weird machines. I mean, we weren't actually rolling them; it was like a machine that stuffed them. But yeah. Just I, this idea of like being like, "Your cigarette, sir? Would you like a refill on your cigarette?" Yeah, and then oh, then we had one of our regulars was the uh, muffin lady who was uh, famous in Chicago. 
uh, who was basically homeless. She like squatted in places, oh. um, but she went around and sold uh, cannabis. Oh, okay. Pastries I was, I, and muffins. You remember her? No, no, no I don't. She Danny's all the time. Yeah, but, like everybody knew who she was. She eventually got like busted or like kicked out of her. She home, got busted, but... but everybody, like the entire community, supported her, and everybody, like they ended up. I think they ended up dropping the charges. Yeah, uh, well, that's amazing. Now, again, because you guys have such long uh, celebrated Chicago history, I'm just a blip on that radar compared to you guys. So I just need more details. Did this woman have uh, an oven? You say she's homeless. How was she making these she fucking would muffins? Squat or she would, other people would let the, yeah, her other use people, their kitchen. Yeah, other people. But she was she would squat at like empty, empty apartments that had places. But most of the time, I think people volunteered their kitchen. For, and then so squat she would come baking. in and you know it's like couch hardly surfing. ever yes, it's like, like i never charged her for her coffee and she would just give me a muffin which i usually give to somebody else because i'm not in the edibles really oh especially hell those no. kind where you you know i mean i was out many a night in chicago where somebody would eat like a full muffin and it was like new no good for them and you'd be like having to like drag them out of a cab at like 2 a.m to like get them to their front porch yeah. Oy. so they were very very strong and very very real um Getting away from Chicago, like before, uh, when Brian and I met, he was actually living in Los Angeles, and he's got and he. Yeah, I was gonna oh. say I was like I want to go back to yeah. you know the early early days of you in L.A. prior to me stumbling upon you two lovers yeah. making out in an alley the <laughs> first night we met. First night you yep. met, I saw it. I saw the beginning of the end. I was fresh off a shift at Bad Dog. Yeah, so was That's I. Right. I yeah, I was just in town for the holiday. Um, but yeah, uh, I moved out here in 2002 the first time and was here, what, 2002 to 2005. And I, I the first place I, I worked at was a place up in Valencia, Rio Lobo, um, that I was hired as a bartender. And then within a day, they were like, hey, do you want to be the assistant manager because you're <laughs> smarter and hardworking? And I'm like, what okay. are you? What are you not from here? Exactly. So I, I managed this place, Rio Lobo, which was like Mexican, Caribbean um, cool. influences. Yeah. The food was really good. Um, they eventually, it was privately owned by a couple who owned another restaurant. And they basically decided that two restaurants was a little much. And Valencia is pretty much like a midwestern suburb yeah it's like and so in the, the show weeds that's Valencia. well yeah it's exactly yeah. where uh that weeds was filmed and santa clarita diet 24 was filmed out in the middle of nowhere uh and one night i'm it's about an hour before we closed half hour before we closed Kiefer sutherland walks in with at the time i just see him and he's like is it, it comes up to me are you the manager yes and he's like is it okay if grab a table in the back and I'm like sure I love Kiefer Sutherland whatever you want I was like and I was big 24 the, it was the second, here big 24 it was the second fan. season of 24 when it was just kind of ridiculous but uh, <laughs> yeah I watched every episode of 24 I did too thrilling and he came in with I I, can, I know his name is Jesus um, I cannot think of his last name he was also in Desperado he was the main bad guy on the second season of uh, 24 but they all came at him and like those two and like three other guys and they sit in the table in the back and then I'm like okay I'm the manager I have an excuse I can go up and talk to Kiefer Sutherland so I ask him if the uh, we 
could take shots with him or if they wanted to take shots with us. And he was like, okay. Because <laughs> uh, he's a like party boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just so, watched Lost Boys for the first time, by the oh, way. Oh, really? The first time, the first time Whoa, ever. Blonde spiky wow. mullet. Yeah. Woo, baby. Well, that will come up, come into play here. Here we go. Uh, so, yeah, we do shots, and then uh, he invites me to sit down with him, and I'm like, okay. So I sit down. Then we continue to drink. Uh, they The restaurant closes. I kick everybody out, but I let them stay. Um, Perks, the, man. Yeah. Perks. Closed the blinds, and, and we all hung out there and proceeded to get very, very drunk. Um, not so much me, because I was like, I didn't have to be responsible here. But the rest like I, of... I'm, I'm not... I don't get to go uh, to my Kiefer Sutherland job uh, if I get fired from here. Yeah. yeah, I'm not... You had to keep saying to yourself, I am not Kiefer. I am not Kiefer. Keep your job. Keep your cool, Brian. I am not Kiefer. But they... Uh, yeah, Kiefer, at one point... Uh, Dropped his pants, was dancing in his boxers for some reason. Hell I have yeah. No idea. As drunk as he was, very aware of the fact that people had phones. So when somebody pulled out their phone, he was like, no phones. So no pictures from the night. But uh, he. Oh, but, and I bet he would say it in a way where just this calm, gravelly ten, yeah. you know, tenor, just like, no phones. Yeah. And you'd be like, yes, Kiefer. Yes. And yeah, the nicest guy, like, talked to me like I was completely on his level. Um, I did, at the time I was an actor, um, did not tell him I was an actor at first. Good move. Did not want to. But I knew that he got big into rodeo um, when he did the cowboy way with Woody Harrelson. And he, t- <laughs> like, rode a professional rodeo circuit for a couple years. So I... I used to ride horses all the time as a kid, loved them. So I started talking to him about that, and he just got super excited and then offered to buy me. And I said, I think I said how I'd always wanted a horse. Um, he offered to give me a horse. <coughs> and he, he was, uh, yeah. Well, he worked with uh, horse rescues. That's and he said, I can give you a horse. You just rad. have to keep. Pay for the upkeep, which is worth the money. You have to get a barn, yeah, which and is like an extra. It. He's okay. like, it's just like an extra three hundred a month, which of course I didn't have as a broke right. actor. Also, that's not talking about any vet bills, which for anything a for a horse is expensive. So I did not take him up on that offer, of course. And of then course. he didn't tip you. He was nope. like, horse or nothing. Uh, but then somebody told him I was an actor. So then he starts talk. We start talking about acting. And then he's telling stories, and he's like, well, you know, when you're on set, and I'm like, no, Kiefer, not not your level. But the fact that he was like, yeah, of course you're on my level. Um, And he was complaining at that point. I don't think he was producing on the show yet, so he was complaining how he can't even get his friends' jobs on his show. Um, And then he's like, so fuck it. Uh, Let's do a play, you and I. Okay. And he's like, you don't think I'm serious. And I was like. Prove it to me. I, I'll, yeah, let's do a play. He's like, I'm 100% serious. I'm like, all right, let me know. Of course, never heard from him. But he did. So, it like, comes to six, about 6 a.m. We're still in the restaurant. 6 a.m. Yeah. Well, I would have stayed out all night wow. with Kiefer. Yeah, yeah. No, that's just like when the birds start to chirp. I get like, ah, I get weird. Oh, the Lost Boys thing was uh, at one point, he, one of the, like, the bartender's boyfriend or something showed up. And he had a Western snap shirt. And Kiefer leans in and was like, I've always wanted to do this. And like rips the guy's <laughs> shirt open. He has pierced nipples. And then he's like, 
don't take this the wrong way, but I got to do it. And he leans in and like bites on the guy, kind of tugs on the guy's nipple ring. And everybody's like, what is going on? <laughs> I um, should be at home at 6 a.m. Like, and so I like nervously like, huh, well, now you're just making us all jealous or something like that. And he's like, well, come here. And he like starts sucking on my neck. And I'm like, I have the head vampire from, I guess he's not the head vampire. No, he was the head vampire. No, he wasn't. Well, he wasn't. Herman, uh, what's his name, is the head vampire. Yes. I get it, but he was the star. But but he was the star. No, and well, he there's a twist. There's a twist. Yeah, you think he is. So, sorry, spoiler alert. Um, David. David, that's right. Uh, but then, yeah. No, he had tipped. At one point, I had to do my closing paper. Hold on, but he's, so he's sucking on he your neck. He sucked on my neck, and then for about, 10 seconds and then was like i was like okay um be honest did you just get a teeny bit of a chubby probably okay yeah uh, I'm, I'm sure i did so i was like people I like feel, clapping uh, and whooping like while yeah, it was happening yeah because at this point everybody's hammer and we're dancing and like every you know it was just like a house party wow. sounds so perfect and the guy from jesus uh who like from Desperado for some reason. He was one of those actors that like always terrified me. I was like, this guy. And he was the nicest person I've ever met and had this huge smile. And I'm like, you just ruined yourself for me. You know why? Because he's a good actor. Exactly. That's why you were terrified of him. Because he's good at his job. Yeah. He's very good. Uh, so yeah, 6 a.m. I'm like, okay, my kitchen staff is going to start coming in here. <laughs> I need to get these guys out. And Kiefer, you gotta go. Kiefer. Yeah, so I'm kicking him out of the back through the. We're going through the kitchen, and we're standing, and he starts to tell me how, what a great man I am, and uh, hugs me. And at this point, I had already closed out the plane. He had tipped like 150 bucks on a. I don't remember what I charged that, but very good tip. And he starts handing me wads of cash and i'm like no no you already paid you can no 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 just take it just take it and i just grab this sweaty wad of cash from Kiefer, and put it in my pocket and get everybody out and then start counting the money it's four hundred dollars oh cash. boy wow he also at one point like i had a bartender the bartender was a very very attractive latina woman uh who was also very very nice and he fell in love with her and she commented on one of his rings that he was wearing he's like oh yeah isn't this great like my daughter gave me this blah 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 here i want you to have it <laughs> and she's like no your daughter gave that to you you should probably keep it and he's like no 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 you like it i want you to have it so she's like okay i'll just hold on to this and at some point in the night i'll slip it back to him never did so i'm sure his daughter has i'm pretty sure she they have some issues and that's probably contributing to it oh my daughter um, she's so great here why don't you take this stupid gift she gave me she'll understand but he did uh no he didn't give me his phone number but i've somebody else like Kiefer. there's people all over the country that have stories like this with Kiefer, from what i understand so clearly like, he's like the west coast bill murray yeah <laughs> yeah and uh so somebody had a friend of mine had his phone number. So I had a uh, roommate who um, was battling colon cancer, and we were throwing a big uh, fundraiser for him because he had no insurance. Um, Welcome and... to, yeah, fast forward to, uh, what, 17 years later, this yeah. is still the world we live in. Exactly. But uh, so we were having this big fundraiser, and I thought, shoot, I'm going to call Kiefer Sutherland. Why not? He's not going to remember who I am. But And I get this, you know, 
a voicemail that is very clearly Kiefer. It doesn't say his name. It says the phone number, but I, it's it, clearly... It's a really cool message. He goes, you know what to do. <laughs> Beep. <laughs> but it was like... Exactly. Beep. Like the 24. Exactly. Uh, but no, I, I called him and I left him a message saying, I'm sure you don't remember me, but we're having this fundraiser, blah, blah, blah. Um, feel free to come by. And then he didn't come by, but he called me back. And I didn't recognize the number because I purposely did not say Kiefer's number because I didn't want to drunk dial him. Um, and so I didn't answer. And he left me a message saying, I absolutely remember you. And I can't make it to your party, but I just want to say I'm thinking of your roommate. And I mean, it was the nicest, nicest thing ever. Nice like, he didn't guy. give us any money, but he didn't know how. So. No, you well, know what? He had already given you $550. Exactly. He had given us plenty of money. Uh, okay, guys. Um, it's that time. It's that time of the episode where... What did you think that break was just for you, too? Peeing. Peeing? Ugh. Oh wow! They didn't. They didn't know that they had to come up with a tip. Wow. Shaking my here's damn. A, here's ass. a tip, you two. When we take a small break, it's to give you time to think of a tip. Well, here we go. I've got a great tip. And if you need to borrow some, <laughs> guys. So I found out, and I've applied it to my life personally. When you get uh, too high, like say if too much THC, and you're uncomfortably paranoid, you've overdone it. Uh, Taking two ibuprofen yep. helps offset how high you are, which I'd never heard. Yep. Or if you do have access to uh, CBD, so basically the non-reactive CBD-heavy candies, you take one of those and it brings down the THC in your body and counteracts it, and hence you're not screaming at shadow people. Right. Uh, or just go to sleep. Put yourself to bed and you're going to sleep like a, a sweet little baby bear. Really? I panic when I'm super high. It's just it 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 it's kind of like me having a panic attack again. Yeah, and it's always different. It's different yeah. with every high, but um, that's a good one. The ibuprofen one, yes. Um, my tip is uh, to go to House of Prime Rib in San Francisco. Check it out. Have an experience. You know, as long as you're not the person driving the meat grill around the restaurant, who cares? It's not cheap though. Just for you, so you know, it's not cheap. But it's like one of those like old, like they haven't changed the decor since the 60s. It's a very fun experience. They take it very seriously. And, you know, if you like prime rib, that's the jam. My tip is if you, with a few random household items in the kitchen, like sugar and coconut oil, you can turn it into a delightful body scrub. Oh, oh hell yeah. That's a good one. If you have any essential oils, go ahead and add it in for a little extra flavor. Like, like a lip scrub? Uh, lip scrub actually is really awesome. I like to do olive oil and sugar and just plain old table sugar. Brown sugar is really nice too. And the granules are a little smaller in brown sugar, so you can get in there and get it on the lips. But if you want to go all over body, just like a little coconut oil and some table sugar, and you are good to go. Just hmm. don't slip and fall in the shower. Oh, yeah, it does get a little crazy in there. <laughs> My tip is for buying wine. Uh, the easiest way to figure out if you're buying a wine that's made biodynamically, which means harvested by the moon cycle um, and not harvested too early, is to look at the back of the bottle of the wine and uh, see who the importer is. Uh, Rosenthal, Percy, um, uh, These are all at Trader Veritas. Joe's, right? <laughs> yeah. These are all Trader Joe's wines? Okay, yeah, great. just look at the back of a two-buck chuck and see um, a death warning. Uh, but yeah, so it, it, a lot of people 
uh, to define how wine is made, you don't have to necessarily put that nor what's the contents of the back of a wine um, on the back of the bottle because alcohol is regular regulated differently than food. So the easiest way is go to your local wine shop. Do not go to a grocery store and um, look at the back and check out the importer. Cool. Great tip. Great tips, everybody. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks for coming in. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you like Sidework Podcast, please review us, give us five stars, and hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. At Sidework Podcast.